When life feels strange and confusing, it is paramount to think things through. And now They Still Live Proudly presents Stone Thoughts with Ned Lee Baked. It's me, I'm Ned Lee Bate, and this is Stone Thoughts. When you're walking in the woods, you ever wonder when ants and bugs see you for them? Is it almost like the equivalent of us seeing an alien spacecraft? Are we like the bugs version of Bigfoot? Why, do they see us and then go back to their little bug homes and tell their little bug families about the heroin alien encounter they had in the woods? Do they make up little bug folk stories about us and then pass them down from one bug generation to the next bug generation? Do you think they talk about us like bug unsolved mysteries or some shit? Well, probably not. Since those little fuckers don't even have cable TV, I don't think. I mean, they are still bugs. But do you wonder, next time you see one of those little bastards, ask yourself, are you going to be the center of bug folklore? I'm Ned, and I'm Baked, and this has been a stone thought. Thank you. What are we doing? We're smoking dope and eating chocolate. What are you doing? Shut up and sit down. Hey, hello, I'm TV actor and host Jeff Sandor, and welcome to episode seven of They Still Live. This is a Patriot podcast where we all come together in the middle of the road and we chat about anything and everything. And sometimes we even say some of the most outrageous stuff that most people can only think about, but don't actually have the guts to say out loud. So let's get to know each other, shall we? Returning to the show this episode, two of the original members of the They Still Live panel. Please welcome back casting director and actress, Miss Jen and Gully. Hey, Jen. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? I'm waked and baked, as usual. Hope you're well. <laughs> I think I'm as, I'm as well as you. <laughs> Probably not. I, I stay on higher ground, man. It's a beautiful way to live. Also returning, please say hello to world traveler, massage therapist, and writer, Mr. Chase Shoemate. What's up, buddy? Hello. You truly sound like the world's most interesting man. I got to give it up for you. I try something. Nice. I mean, it sounds like you try a lot of things. All right, panel members. I think we'll just, uh, we're going to chat a little bit and we'll play some trivia. It's going to be kind of cool this episode because you guys are like head to head. So it's going to be some good trivia. <laughs> dun, 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 the battle. It's my Royal Rumble with Chase and Jen. Mm. All right. Oh, real quick. If, uh, <clears throat> if you're in Wilmington, North Carolina, and you're looking for a place to work out that's open, that's clean and safe, then you might want to check out Hotworks at 6756 Gordon Road, Suite 150. Hotworks is Wilmington's newest 24-hour premier fitness studio. They're the only studio you'll find that combines cross-training with infrared and sauna heat technologies. It's incredible. Just imagine getting an hour workout worth of calorie burn in 15 minutes. That's right, just 15 minutes. And while you're working out, you're detoxing the body, you're detoxing your organs, and you can do it in a fraction of the time that most traditional workouts and gyms offer. They have hot Pilates, hot yoga, hot biking, and more. Oh, man, I love my hot works. So, guys, uh, we've got about five topics laid out in no particular order. We've got submitted religion or religious experience, narcissism, fake people, Oprah, and dating in 2020. I know that one's going to be a fun topic. Oh, my <laughs> God. All of these are great. I, yes. I, I think we're probably going to have to grab some and port them over to the next episode because there's just so much 
deliciousness we could dive into with some of this stuff. I got to tell you guys really quick, this has nothing to do with any of the topics, but I got to tell you my freaking morning. Um, so I didn't get a haircut for quite a while. So I had the COVID hair. And then as soon as the, uh, you know, the hair salons and the barbershops opened up, I went and got my haircut and this chick fucked my hair up so bad. <laughs> it looked like she put a bowl around my head, man. I had a terrible oh, no. fade. I mean, it was the worst fade I've ever had. It just looked ridiculous. So I'm like, all right, well, this is screwed up. Luckily, I didn't have to film or anything. So I let my hair grow back out. So this morning, I'm like, man, it's, this looks like shit. And I'm losing my hair, so that's not helping. But I was like, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm going to get my hair cut today. I went, to the, I went to the same place that I went. They have a variety of, of ladies in there that cut hair. And the girl that had fucked my hair up was working. And there was two other people that were cutting hair. So I, I checked in and... It's interesting. Just going up to the door of this place, it says you have to have the mask on. And then another sign says, our machines are down. We're only accepting cash. So, <laughs> I was like, well, why are we wearing the fucking mask to begin with? Isn't that ridiculous? So I had to walk over to Harris Teeter. I had to get cash back. So I had to buy a freaking drink. So I go back, go in there. And I'm waiting for the people to call my name. And the same damn lady that cut my hair calls my name. <laughs> and wants to cut my hair again. Oh, my I knew God. it, too. I was like, man, I'm going to get stuck with this chick. What's I know I'm going to get the same damn girl. I just know it. Sure as shit, man, I did. So, well, I, I knew I, I was anticipating this happening because this is just the ridiculousness of my life. So I, I already knew to prepare. So I just looked, man, and I randomly pointed at this other woman. It was cutting hair. I said, is it okay if I wait for her? I've had her. I can't remember her name, but I, can I have her? <laughs> and the girl looks, she goes, you've, uh, she's cut your hair before. And I was like, yeah, I can't remember her name, but I, she does a great job. I'd really like to get her. I had never laid eyes on that lady before in my life, but I was like, anything, anybody would be better. I'd trust one of you two to cut my hair, like, you know, before that lady again. All right. <laughs> That's where I was at with the shit. It's crazy. Yeah. Quick thinking. Yeah, it's crazy. How come you need to go back to the same place? Well, I always go to that place because I always have, um, I usually always have great, you know, great cosmetologists. I mean, all, most of those ladies in there, and, and I had one guy, James, in there, fantastic. They usually do a good job. That one little chick, maybe she was out of practice because of the COVID thing. I don't know, but she had fucked it all up. So that's my little bad haircut story slash mask. What the hell are we still doing? Wearing mask stories. This 15-day uh, to flatten the curve is now August. <laughs> and now we have five yeah, what, more weeks. Yeah, Yay! yeah. What the hell, man? What is the uh, – I don't understand the justification for that at all. I mean, I'm pretty sure we're going to have – we'll be in phase two till November after the election day. That's pretty much my forecast for, for how North Carolina is going. I've given up on logic. Well, I, ha I was watching this one video – that's uh in this group uh here in north carolina and it's the reopen <laughs> reopen yeah. nc group and we are now the most locked down state for the longest period of time everybody else in the entire country to, even like california and new I york think in the entire country i find that hard to believe i think as far as the i think as far as certain restrictions are concerned i don't know the specific details but uh with regards to certain things it's just obnoxious because the the quote-unquote data that he keeps citing is not actually the data that's out there. And if you look at the, the statistics, there's roughly 250,000 people, I think in Wilmington or New Hanover County. And there's been maybe 2000 cases and t roughly 20 ish deaths. So what, I don't what know. I saw this, I saw you, this you thing. It, it's like, he's like 300,000 people are projected to die in the U S without masks. And it's like, how the fuck do you guys know that? Like, how do you pull that they out don't. of your ass? And I mean, with any kind of scientific basis, that makes zero sense to me. It's a fear. It's a fear tactic. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I really firmly believe that a the the schools and the uh, the churches are not being allowed to really open because that's a place where people go and and in person vote. So they're trying to keep that closed yeah. until November until after the uh, the election and 
in addition to that, they're trying to really keep people at home so you can't go out anyways or you're not supposed to go out anyways. So that that really reinforces people requesting the mail-in. Exactly. Uh, Man, how fucked so up I, is I, this I'm, whole I'm, shit? Because you just named the whole strategy going into the election that the Democratic Party is is going with. You don't see the Republican Party doing this shit, man. I'm telling you. And I and, and listen, I'm as middle of the road as I can be. I, I really I have no party loyalty. I'm just looking at this objectively and I'm like, I'm going, this is this is a very diabolical strategy these people are employing. And it's frightening. How about this cat they let out of prison who was a rapist and let him out because of COVID? If these fucking masks work so well, why don't they just give them to the inmates? And leave them there, <laughs> because, because they want as much chaos as they can as they can create. Right. They That's really divisive. They yeah. really want as much chaos and uprising as they can create. I mean, look at look at Portland, Oregon. Look at Seattle. I mean, Vinny was talking about it, and uh, I think Linda was talking about it as well. Uh, as far as these rioters, I'm not going to say protesters. No, the protesters, protesters I'm not worried about. Who, it's the fucking rioters, yeah. That, well, these rioters who are just leaving just mountains of trash and are graffitiing and damaging property and burning and all this stuff. I don't know if you saw the the older lady that they, I think yeah, they poured paint yeah. or did something yeah. to her because she was she was trying yes. to, she was standing in front of the police department. And it's it's just a ploy to create as much division in this country. And unfortunately, instead of looking at the country as, Hey, let's, let's all work together. Let's make this thing work. You know, teamwork makes the dream work. They're just looking at, well, Hey, we don't like, we don't like this one man. I E Trump. We don't like Trump. It's not, we don't like his policies. We don't like certain things. It's, we don't like him. And again, if you look at, at Biden, if you look at the alternate, He's a potato. No, that guy is he is he, a he older is man a... who is suffering from cognitive decline. And that is a I think that's an absolute fact. And why the Democratic Party has not pulled his ass off the ticket is beyond me. I mean, I get the whole they're trying to uh, get the VP to be ultimately the president, which, again, that's a terrible, diabolical strategy. And that's horrible. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but. This is what these people, this is what our people are producing. They've produced Donald Trump and they've produced Joe Biden. That's it. That's the best Mm -hmm. we got to offer. No, come on. Um, You know what? I'm sorry. I've been looking on the North Carolina, you know, government site to see what the numbers are just to confirm. Sorry, I'm switching topics, but it's kind of ridiculous. Currently hospitalized 1,129 and it's been pretty consistent for, you know, a month and a half. Well, and uh, they don't even show the deaths because I'm sure if you did be like, oh, a point oh two percent. Exactly. Exactly. I just it blows my mind. We're going to such great lengths for a virus that you're ninety nine percent, you know, probably you're going to survive and recover just fine. It just makes no damn sense to me. Sorry, yeah, to go back to the election, I, I'm not quite sure what the logic is between Biden being out there. I, I didn't understand Hillary either, to be honest. So I'm not quite sure why would they put something somebody so weak as the lead person if they really want to bring Trump down? Can somebody I don't know. I'm surprised they did not go with Tulsi Gabbard. <clears throat> she was the perfect pick. She's a woman. She's a woman of color. She serves in the military. She's well-spoken. She's very intelligent. She, I think, kind of was trying to run with Bernie. But I thought she was better than Bernie. But uh, they seemed to turn the uh, volume down on her and Andrew Yang. I would have liked to have heard more from that guy. So I I don't know why. I think it's almost like they pick the people they know are yes people. They, They pick the people they know who they can control. And they can walk in and go, all right, Mr. or Mrs. President, here's your agenda. And they know they're going to do it. Trump is seems like he's the biggest paying ass of those people because he just does his own thing. And that's the exact opposite of what I think they're looking for. Uh, yep. I would agree. I think that's the, the interesting thing you were talking about. Uh, the 
woman of color who's been in the military, well, well-spoken, articulate. That's exactly why they don't want her is because she's well-spoken. If you look at and I'm not saying Trump is very well-spoken, but if you look at Biden, the man can't form sentences <clears throat> and Obama couldn't couldn't read without a teleprompter. So the people that they pick are not in my uh, from my perspective, very intelligent. Uh, intellectually speaking. Now, it could be argued that they're intelligent because they got to that position. And so so from some people's perspective, they have reached a market of success and wealth and fame and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, they're not intelligent. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's definitely a game. It's a shell game at best. These people freaking play. Jen, do you have any uh, final thoughts? And speaking of playing, we'll go into trivia in just a minute. No, I'm, I just can't wait till November. I just can't wait. I, I'm assuming because I've just put all my hopes on, on hold. I stopped getting hopes up after the middle of June when we were extended however many weeks that was, three more weeks. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit on my hands for a little while. Yeah, that's probably a fair move. I think that's what the vast majority of us are doing, especially us people in the industry. This has been crippling. All right. Well, to pick it back up and Go in a different direction. It's my favorite time. It's They Still Live Trivia Time. Dun, dun, dun. Jeff, you got to help me out. I'm going to try to help everybody <laughs> evenly. I'm an even opportunist questioner, whatever the hell that means. That doesn't make sense to me. You, you know what Wait, I'm saying. Who, who won last week? Was it you? Chase, did you win last Him week? Him and Vinny did. I think Vinny, oh, we both right. tied. That was a tie. That was a tie. Yeah. Oh, now it's really like guy versus girl. Whoo. Uh-huh. Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> Why does We're it have to be versus? Race. We're all one. All it's not us. about, it's not about competition, guys. It's about an educational opportunity. <laughs> or some shit like that. All right. Yeah, if you gonna, say I'm, so, Jeff. I'm going with it. <laughs> Let's see. Get off of Google. Get off of Google right no, now. No, he's on DuckDuckGo. I, Duck I can see you from my house. Oh, that's right. I, Get off of DuckDuckGo. I, Duck I literally Duck. have my hands behind my back right now. <laughs> my computer is off. My phone screen is off. So nice Chase, I know you were in the bondage. Wow. Yeah, might want to loosen that up for, <laughs> for the questions. All right, Jen, I'm going <clears> to. <throat> you're giving all your secrets away. <laughs> I was going to say, there's Vinny coming out. <laughs> you know what? Even when he's not here, he's I know. Here. He's, you know, we got to keep his spirit alive until we get him back on the next episode. All right, Jen, question for you for round one. What company makes the Butterfinger bar? Uh, the only one that popped in my head, Nestle. Off to a good start. All right, Mr. Shoemate. I I'm hope ready. you know some science, man, because you're going to need it. What particle in an atom has a positive charge? An ion? Mm, no, man, proton. Oh. Proton. That's a good guess. Miss Jen, you're getting like candy questions. I don't know why. Okay. How does it's this just, work? I've got a list in, <laughs> in no particular order, just a list of questions, and I just go down from top to bottom. And you just happened to hit candy. What candy was used to lure E.T. in the 1982 movie, E.T. the Extraterrestrial? Oh, my God. It was literally a candy question. It literally was. Do you know the, the candy that E.T. ate? Um, frick. It's been a while. It wasn't. It's not Butterfingers. Uh, M&M's? 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 <laughs> no. Sorry. It's Reese's Pieces. Oh. Funny story, The uh, I was listening to Lana Reed. Hopefully, we'll have her on the podcast here soon. She was uh, doing a, a podcast, Beyond Garnett, and she had the actress that played the mom in E.T., and she was telling stories about filming E.T., and she said one of the interesting marketing things was they tried to get M&Ms to be the official candy, but the, the marketing people for M&Ms said, no, they didn't want to have any anything to do with an alien movie. So Rhesus jumped in and said, hell yeah, we want the one to plug. And like Rhesus sold freaking tons of candy because of that movie. 
and Eminem's missed the boat. So somebody probably lost their job on that one. It's funny how that stuff so, works. Somebody makes a bad decision, and all the profits go to somebody oh, else. Oh, oh, oh. You know, the chopping block, man. That's how, it, that's how it comes down. All right, Chase. The tuba is the largest member of which musical family? Is it the where, uh, tuba? It's not like... Yeah, the, is it the bra- brass? Yes! Good job, man. I was going to say, it's not the Partridge family or the Adams family. All right, going into round three. We got a tie right now. Jen, you're going down. Oh boy. Turn turn your pressure. computer off. <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm sitting on my hands. Honor system, off. honor system. Turn your brain off. <laughs> Just give up. The answer is I don't know. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jen. Which is the main substance used to make a crayon? Wax? Correct. <laughs> You're really, Jeff, you give her an easy question like that? Hey, man. Really? Well, she what fucked, she fucked up the ET question. I thought that was pretty yeah, easy. that was pretty bad. <laughs> give her a break, man. You know? Here's a good one for you, Chase. You should get this. This is an easy question, and you need it to uh, go into sudden death. The video game Happy Feet features what animal? Correct. <laughs> Oh, shit. This is a good trivia round. I like these questions, Jeff. This is good. Well, you can thank, you can thank Google <laughs> or DuckDuckGo, whoever, or DuckDuckGo. <laughs> whoever I, I used. All right. It is time for Sudden Death. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun. Yeah. Pressure, Jen. Pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it. It's okay to to fold. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> this is the I must be on like the easy section of the quiz pages here. Miss and Gully, which female singer discovered a genie in a bottle in 1999? Which female singer Uh-oh. discovered a genie in a bottle in 1999? Who sung that? Beyonce. <laughs> No, sorry. We were looking for Christina Aguilera. Uh, I'm crashing. I can feel the burn. Best case. No, don't feel the burn. Best case scenario, it'll be a draw. Worst case scenario, Chase can tell me. Complete the title of a 1979 number one by Blondie. What is the what's the rest of this song? Heart of blank. By Blondie. Gold? Oh, sorry. It's glass. Looking for glass. Well, hell, there we have. It's a draw. That's kind of a little disappointing. Does that mean we both won? That means you both won. You're both winners. I like that. Yeah. How millennial is that? Half (laughs) glass. Half glass exactly, full. Exactly. We're Jen. both losers together, Chase. I'm so yes. proud. When do we get to have you do the trivia? Oh, that's Jen. I was thinking we that need same to turn thing. this around. I think we need to. I think we just need to ask him a hundred questions. <laughs> now, that's one of the perks of being the showrunner. I get to just be, uh, you know, your Pat Sajak, your Alex Trebek. That's me, man. That's all I do. Besides, I can't let America know how fucking stupid I am. You know, <laughs> come on. They got to They got to They well, got to at least listen to a couple episodes to figure that out. Let's make them work for that information. <laughs> OK, just saying. again, our top five topics, religion or religious experiences, narcissism, fake people, Oprah dating in 2020. What strikes your fancy panel? Narcissism, I'd say. That or fake yeah, people, which they could kind well, of go. That seems like hand. a good starting point. Narcissism and fake people. I got a lot of uh, actors and models on my social media. I mean, because you know we're in the same business, and it just it I, I get astounded and just dumbfounded and stunned by some of the shit these people say about themselves, and they talk in the third person and whatnot, and these people that post eighty-five selfies. It's like every day a different angle of their face. It's like, what are you guys looking for, man? You're, you know, you're enough. Come here, give me a hug. 
you're complete, you know? There's such a lack of, of genuineness. And uh, as you and I, Jeff, have talked a number of times just about being kind and thinking about the other person or other people around you and just kind of having a, a not an a egotistical self mentality, uh, thinking about, hey, how can I help the people around me? Just being, being a good human. Now everything is focused on myself. And it's interesting because you talk about the selfie culture with Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, and all these other things. And it's just, it, it's this instant gratification thing that people are so insecure about themselves that they want that constant affirmation, words of affirmation. Oh, you're so attractive. Or, hey, you're so great. Instead of looking inward for those kinds of things. Like you and I, Jeff, we don't care really what other people think. We find our, our accomplishment, we've realized that we are, like we were talking about yesterday, wholly complete as we are. We don't need anybody else to tell us, oh, hey, you're complete. Or we don't need anybody else uh, to stand beside us and be the other half of us kind of thing. And people haven't figured that out yet. And so they're always outward looking for gratification. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Ram Das has some great lectures and a lot of great books that uh, really delve into that and and why that is ingrained in the human psyche and you know why we we're we're almost programmed to continuously look for validation outside of our own being it's a uh, pretty interesting stuff well what chase is saying kind of goes hand in hand with the whole fake topic also fake people because uh obviously when you look on social media basically you can you can, you know, make yourself look the way you want to look. And so you have total control and it's nothing is real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the person you're presenting to the world is the way you're fashioning it for them to see. So you're not actually getting the entire picture of who a person is. So it's it's fake. Um, narcissism, though, is, is such a, a huge topic for me specifically too because of I've had a whole lot of interaction with narcissists in my life I don't know if you guys have but obviously in the entertainment business and with actors and things like that that kind of does go hand in hand but I had a really interesting um, experience recently um, I went to a birthday it was like really good friend of mine we went down to Fort Fisher on the beach down there and it was just women um, about seven of us and we were talking and one of the women is a therapist and we were debating like the whole narcissism thing because what how, is is it clinical is it something that you can define as this person is actually mentally ill i've always heard that narcissism is something on a spectrum like you're either like on the low spectrum or really high end or whatever and she was arguing against that which was very strange to well, me because i've always thought yeah how, how did she what? classify that if she's arguing against that i mean i've heard it's a personality disorder i've heard it called that but what was she saying it, it should be put into what terms she had, it's not just narcissism either she was very very um against diagnoses in general like she really didn't believe in diagnoses of any sort of people who are willing to change or to grow or to accept or see themselves from a different perspective that's the key mm -hmm. um but she did say something along the lines of like if you're trying to interact with the narcissist and you're telling them your behavior is harming me or this is can you not understand my feelings she said she pointed to one of the girls and said all of us can see that that bathing suit is yellow right like we can see her bathing suit is yellow and so if if uh, i'm trying to relate this properly the way she was saying with the narcissist is somebody who has information that they're trying to share the narcissist literally can't see it or understand it they can't grasp that the bathing suit is yellow you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. so as many times as you try and tell them this is what's happening they don't hear it or see it the only way they ever can change is if it is you know like bringing they want it really badly or it's it's harming them enough to make them want to change well yeah that is really interesting my understanding was with narcissism and just personality disorder in general, it's very difficult to uh, to heal that. I mean, it takes a lot of work, and the success rate or the reverse rate rate of of trying to let's say you're trying to fix the narcissist 
it generally is very difficult to do uh, from what I've gathered by reading it. I read quite a bit about it. I was in a relationship for um, several years with a narcissist and she would do the gaslighting stuff. And, you know, she would, <clears throat> she started take, you know, pitting her kids against me, which I, when I was in the thick of that, I didn't understand any of it until I got out of the relationship and started looking into different components. And I came across a, you know, dealing with somebody with narcissism and that kind of personality disorder and just how they, uh, they, they just seem to just inflict pain and that they, they, they're trying to feel something in them. And they, and just like what you were saying, it's like, they right. can't see it. They can't see it. You just can't reach them with the information that you have. You know, I can't sit there. And we went, I actually went to therapy, like couple therapy with the girl. And even the therapist was kind of putting her, you know, shrugging her shoulders, like, good luck. <laughs> well, that's what she was saying. This therapist friend of mine was saying, you, you literally can't. There's nothing you can do. They have to want it. They have to want to change they have to hurt bad enough, whatever it is to get there. You you can't do anything. It's almost like the only solution is to walk away. Yeah, my buddy, he is eyeballs deep in a relationship with a girl right now who is a textbook narcissist. And I think he started seeing signs of that after like the first year, year and a half they were together. And I he was telling me things that she was doing. I was like, man, I said, this sounds just like my ex. I was like, you've got to get away from her. I was like, Whatever you do, you know, don't get her pregnant or don't marry her. Well, guess what winds up happening? He gets her pregnant. Oh. Yeah. So now they have a kid together. They're not married, but they have a kid together. And she's still pulling the same old up and down bullshit, gaslighting him, threatening to leave. And then she'll come back and go, I love you. I mean, just this up, this up and down stuff. And uh, I feel terrible for him because he's got that. He's got a beautiful kid. But it's like, man, I, I told him, I said, good luck, man. I don't think you're going to be able to fix that. In either of your research, did you come across anything that linked uh, bipolar and narcissism? Is there kind of a direct correlation with those two issues? And, and Jen, it's also interesting that your friend didn't want to diagnose that. That's kind of interesting to me. And I'd, I'd really be interested in hearing good. a reason why. Maybe she's a narcissist. Um, she actually addressed. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> we were all actors at the circle, so it could totally be. <laughs> 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 because I actually, I brought up bipolar disorder with her because I've heard, you know, this, the entire show of Homeland is based on Claire Danes playing a role where she's bipolar. And, is, you know, if you're on your meds, you're level. And if you're off your meds, you're not. Like that to me is almost like a chemical imbalance. Whereas narcissism, I don't think you can really pin it as far as I know. On There's no like clinical diagnosis to show you are, just it's in your behaviors. So if there was a difference in my mind, that would be it. There's some kind of a chemical imbalance for bipolar um, disorder versus narcissism. Well, I found that depression is rampant with people with narcissism. I'm not saying people who have depression are, are are automatically narcissists, but I, I have found that the, the number of times I, I believe I've dealt with narcissistic personality, I, I, I knew there was an undercurrent of depression behind it because of other things, or, you know, I had information from that person about it, but yeah, that does seem to go hand in hand. And I agree with you again. I, I've always heard it's a personality disorder versus like a chemical imbalance, like somebody who is a, schizophrenic or someone who is bipolar that's you know that's a chemical thing and it has to be medically managed chemically managed whereas per you know with personality that's almost something that you're programmed with in your developmental years yeah that's a very good point that you just said because i think that uh narcissism um maybe could have roots or uh, associations with depression because what it is is it's a lack of self-esteem really like they are not secure in themselves uh they don't have the moral not moral but the center uh that you two were talking about earlier like i don't care what other people think i feel good about myself they have a healthy self-esteem 
you know, they don't have a self healthy self-esteem. So that in what they're doing is they're trying to build their self-esteem elsewhere. And it's um, trying to fill a void that you can only fill for yourself. Oh, 100%. Chase and I were talking about, it seems like our culture is just programmed to be on this continuous pursuit for the dangling carrot. The carrot, they all dangle in front of our face. And that carrot takes on many different personas. It could be uh, from the shoes you wear, the car, the house, the job, the title, the money, the yep. babe, whatever. But there's always that carrot in the the irony of it all is it keeps us running and it keeps us consuming and it keeps us feeling that there is something lacking. Oh, I need this. I'm lacking this. And it's, it's just programmed. Yep, it's yeah. Void. It's going to fill that hole, man. That's what's going to complete me or it's this person or this relationship. And the, the sad part of it is, is you never get the carrot. You never, you're never going to get there's it. Always there's always one. another carrot. Yeah, it's funny because when you think about it, it, I've when I used to work in the furniture delivery, furniture industry, I would go into these houses in a gated community, these, I mean, huge houses, and well, if you have this huge house, you have to fill it with stuff, and in order to be able to fill it with stuff, you have to work a lot, and so there's just this cyclical process where the more people chase things and the carrot, the more time that they have to spend at work. So the less time they get to actually enjoy the things that they are working for. Right. And it's, and which I think in turn causes depression because they're so focused on acquire. They're just so chasing after that carrot so intently that they, they're just, they never have energy. Yep. Their brain's never able to just relax and they're never content. And because they're never content, it's just, it drains the life out of them. Yeah, absolutely. The, the two biggest questions every adult needs to ask themselves is, who am I and what is this life? Who am I? And if you start peeling back the layers, you discover um, throughout you know your maturity, you discover what you are and what you aren't. You start to discover that you know, I'm aging, my face is changing, my body type's changing because I'm, you know, I'm going through the aging process. How I look at 40 is not how I looked at 20. Is that still me? You know, I, I don't look the same as when I was mm -hmm. five. So is that me? Well, not really, because it's constantly changing. So you can't attach yourself to that. You can't attach yourself to your skin color. You can't attach yourself to ideas. You know, so many people, I think, and this goes in with narcissism too, is they confuse experience with identity. They say, I'm a Republican. I'm a white male. I'm conservative. I'm a Christian or, or you know, whatever. I'm a banker. And it's like, no, that's not your identity. That's an experience you're having. Because if you take all that away, what are you left with? Really? And then there's shifts over to who am I? Yeah. What is left? Who am I? And then what's the, you know, what, 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 what is this life and what are we doing here? And if nothing else, you'll, you'll discover some things about yourself and you'll also begin to better understand other people that are around you. That's the beginning of feeling complete. That's the beginning of connection. And you start to understand that we're all the same and you'll start to see yourself in other people. And I think that's that's the empathy and that's the sincerity that we're we're lacking right now. That's so well said, Jeff. Seriously, that goes to the root of everything. All of the black lives, all lives, everything. It goes to the root of it because we're not who we are on the outside. Well, I think it's interesting because Jeff, this is kind of parlaying on what we were talking about yesterday. When you get into who we are and your identity, we've made the mistake of basing that information on the physical plane and we need to look at it on the, on the spiritual or the soulful plane. You know, we've mentioned before that you're a, a, a spirit or a soul existing in a body. You're not just this, this body that's walking around. There's, there's the spiritual aspect of it. And so when you start asking that question, who am I, or how do I define myself? It really needs to be on 
that spiritual point because at the end of the day, when you strip away your job, when you strip away your house, the things that you have, your bank account, the relationships that you have, again, you question, well, what do you have? You have yourself. And if, you, if you're able to be in a room by yourself and find contentment and happiness, then everything else is just an added benefit. You, you stop chasing after that carrot and you realize that the carrot is within you. And then your life, you start to find peace. And then you start to realize, well, I'm com- as we mentioned before, I'm complete. And fortunately, we've been given this life experience to kind of figure out who we are and what, what our spirit is made of. And I think at the end of the day, what I'm looking to do is just be a a light in this world and just spread, like we were talking about yesterday, compassion, love, and kindness. And I found that I've got, I've become so much more at peace with things not working out or with right now with how things are in the world. All right. Here's my thought, because I I love this train of thought. It's absolutely where I am, too. But I wanted to point out something that, you know, along the lines of ethnicity and, you know, on the, the body that we're in. Like, for example, I grew up in an area that was very like Irish, Italian, Catholic. Right. And so so many people identify with their culture like I am. Uh, from India, I am Chinese, I, you know, mm-hmm. I'm saying like, I'm Italian, I'm French. And so this is something that you cling to as an identity. And I don't, it, it's almost like this evolutionary process. Is it just a point where people have to start being okay, not having this group of people that they all identify with, and then letting that go and, and understanding it's about something else? That, I, that's what I want to throw out. I think out. it's definitely about I was going to say, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that you asked that question because at the end of the day, if you believe that we are a spirit or a soul living in a body, then... I believe that there's a higher power. I believe in, we, we use the word God. I believe that there was something that created us. And at the end of the day, I don't think it was happenstance that I got paired up with the body that I'm in and that I was given to or born to the parents in North Carolina in the culture that I, I am living in. So could there be the option of, could I have been born in Africa? Could I have been right. born in Australia? And so, my, I would still have the same cognitive, theoretically cognitive function in a different body. Now, I would have maybe different skin color or I'd be taller or have a different accent or those kinds of things. But fundamentally, my spirit would still be my spirit, I assume. That's getting into astrophysics and all these other different things. But I've come to a point where – and I've, I've been in other countries. I've been – into the slums of Africa. I've been to Ireland and Sweden and Denmark and, and other places. And it is interesting that people, we, as the human condition or part of it, we, we do want to be part of a group. We want to be included. And that's a whole other side topic as far as why people do some of the things that they do is because they, they want acceptance. That's where, right. why there's a lot of issues with kids these days is because they want to fit in. Right. But from a, a to me from a fundamental human perspective if i am trying to just love people i don't care what your color is i don't care what your nationality is and and we talk about or you hear a lot from president trump and other other americans especially the people that love america america is the, the greatest country in the world but in, in my thought process, why is it a, why is it a competition? I, mean, I don't really want to identify as American. I want to identify as human right. because it takes that competition. It takes to me, it takes that I'm better than you thought out of my uh, my mentality. Same, same, but different. That's well, the Asian phrase. The thing of it same, is, same, is different. there's two parts to that. And the biggest component is reality is defined by the observer. So if you're looking at somebody and like you were saying earlier, I'm not concentrating on your skin color or your where you're from or your gender. What you have to do to get to that level is you just have to see people as they are. And in your point of in your perspective, you have to see them as a soul. You identify ultimately as a soul and you're looking into somebody and you're seeing just another soul. I always kind of compare it to 
just driving a vehicle. These bodies are just vehicles. They're just, you know, I'm able to traverse this world with my itty, itty bitty brain because it's housed in this, this vehicle I call a body. And I really think when this body fails, I'm going to step out of this vehicle and probably get another one later or, you know, float on the astral plane. Here's my devil's advocate question for you guys, though. And I'm going to throw this first at Jen. What would you say to somebody who can't see themselves as a soul, who doesn't have that kind of belief? Maybe they're agnostic or atheist. Everything that you're experiencing being in that body and inhabiting that persona in, in Africa and having those experiences in that country with that language and those customs, all of that's going to define your perspective, right? Wow, that's a difficult question. Uh, I'm going to go back real quick with what Chase was saying, because when you look at different cultures and you see different people, it's a, what'd you say, Chase? It was the Chinese saying was what? Oh, the Asian phrase is same, same, but different. Same, same, but different. And all of a sudden it just popped in my brain that that's exactly how the religions of the world are. Because yeah. <laughs> there are billions, you know, like thousands of religions and basically everybody's going for the exact same thing. You know what I mean? A connection with a higher power or giving them meaning or whatever. Um, or so a reason to, a, a way to explain the, the, the way things work in the universe. Right, right. So... Your question, Jeff, is uh, interesting because if someone doesn't actually believe in a higher power, then I, d I don't know how to answer that because then they just believe they exist. And they yeah, I'm, I'm curious as to they're all done. it's very easy because I'm a very I'm a spiritual man. So it's a, I mean, it's easy for me to feel that because I feel it in meditation. I feel it in prayer. I feel it in walking in the wilderness. I feel it in the ocean. So. To me, it's 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 a lot. It's just within reach to kind of hang my identity on that. And I'm just curious as to people who they're just not there. I mean, so much of, of again, our reality is defined by our, our by the observer. And if you're born, Chase, in a like if you're an African male in Africa. Well, you right. Think so, so if it does, if it but does that, I, I, if it defines your perspective, I mean, that. That's going to have a big impact on what, how you see yourself and also how you see and connect to others, right? Sure. So, I mean, that, that's something to be said, too. That goes kind of back to the same, same, but different. It's like, yeah, we're at the core of it. We're all the same, but we're all having different experiences. It's almost as if God is, you know, expressing itself and having multiple experiences through us as children. But again, that's easy for a spiritual person to say. But, you know, it's difficult if, if you're a science matter of fact person, which there's nothing wrong with that. There's room for that. Well, actually, Jeff, like one, one of the things that's kind of the reason why I was talking about, let's talk about different cultural backgrounds and, and ethnicities and things like that, because you'll take the spiritual aspect out of it completely. If you can just see people as people, that's a, a step in the right direction so that we all can relate to each other on on a level playing mm -hmm. field so i think that that alone is enough to kind of propel us forward you know we're not let's even take god out of it just let's treat each other as humans instead of ethnicities or cultural differences i think that's a great solution to the problem that i threw at you guys i think that's that's the right answer is is baseline the the minimum the the, the high watermark you know is is going to be set here. I'm a person, you're a person. And we've got these common things. We you know, we we need to eat, we need to sleep, we want to feel loved, we want to feel successful. Um we need tribe, we need community. Those are the things that we can all connect on. And I think that that really pushes the curtain back and pushes a lot of the uh wayward stuff, culture, religion, customs. I think that pushes all that to to the side. And it really kind of, you know, whatever you're left with is a great baseline to connect with someone on. I, I think it's interesting, and I'll, I'll kind of tie this back to your question uh, as far as how would you respond to someone uh, basically who says, you know, hey, this sounds great, but I, I don't believe in, in the existence of a higher power. And so I would start asking questions. Well, explain to me why you don't believe that there's a higher power. 
are and I think and, and Charlie Kirk actually mentions it a few times if you know who he is. Uh, he says it takes greater faith to to not believe that there's a higher power than it does that there is a higher power. Hmm. And the way I see it, I, I ask simple questions. So if let's say the Big Bang theory had nothing to do with Genesis and the creation, they they either you know God doesn't exist and all of a sudden at some random point, boom, and all right, here is the, the start of the formation of universes, and then here's this tiny little cell that forms into something else, and then now here we have this planet, and we have all the plants and animals, uh, the monkeys, the humans, everything is now here. So how can you go through life and not question, where did sound come from? What? How did the universe decide what a pig was going to sound like or a horse sound like or the voice that you're hearing what that was going to sound like is that just random happenstance coincidence or was there a higher power and then i start getting into emotions and thinking about all the different emotions and then thinking about the the need for us to have human connection and human interaction, physical touch. And I say that from a massage therapist standpoint, but also from a developmental standpoint, children, for them to grow up healthy, they absolutely in their, in their uh, growing stages have to have physical human touch. So my question would be, are you an atheist or do you not believe in a higher power because you've had a bad experience with, institutionalized religion have you gone to church whatever religion it was whether that was catholic or baptist or whatever and there was something that turned you off to that and therefore you just don't believe that god exists and so i think you have to really step back and ask a, a lot of different questions to probe at the the reason why someone doesn't believe that they're oh, sure i mean i think i think that's a that's a brilliant strategy to employ my personal thought on it is uh, I'm not going to try to sell anybody on anything. I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, but for me, I'm not going to try to sell anybody on anything. I honestly think uh, when you punch out of this life, we're all going to the same place and I'll see you on the other side, but that's just me. I could be wrong. <laughs> we'll see, I guess. To your point though, when you're talking about uh, relationships and love, that kind of moves us on to a, our final topic, which is going to be dating in 2020. You know, you can ask yourself a million different ways how you define love or how you define relationships. How do you how, how do you define your joy? You know, for me, like you were saying, words are just they're just clumsy. You know, they almost are rudimentary in a way. They, they just fail to fully uh, provide that definitive explanation, you know, for that feeling. And I think a lot of uh, the emotions that we are are built to feel it's ridiculous to try to define them. Some things just have to be experienced. They just have to be felt. Does that make sense or no? Well, it does. Uh, Jen, I'll, I'll give you a, a chance to interject, but I think that it goes off what we were talking about. It's, it's hard to explain what love is to someone who hasn't experienced it. It's hard to explain the euphoria of, uh, let's just say, going up in outer space if you've never if never had that experience. But uh, to me, love is, is both definable and undefinable. It's something that there, there are things that I can pinpoint about a person and why I quote-unquote love them or why I am connected to Can you to recognize them. it? Can you recognize the feeling? And how? Yeah. How I, do you I, I recognize so. that? How and, do you go, I, yeah, man, this is it. This is love. It, it's for some people, you can be with a person for three weeks or 10 minutes, or it could be a year. But at some point, because you consistently are engaging with that person and hanging out, there's a time that you, you consciously have a thought of, I think I love this person. And, and there, like I said, there are point, there are uh, qualifiers, there's specifics where I can pinpoint well, I appreciate this about this person. I'm attracted to this quality and this quality and physicality or whatever. But at some point, all of those things kind of come together and you realize 
I think I love them. I don't want them to not be in my life in the capacity that they're in my life currently. I don't want this, this relationship or this bond to change or, or to uh, weaken. I want it to get stronger and I want to get to know them on a deeper level. Yeah. And this is, I, I will try to keep it super. In fact, I'll cut it off there because this is exactly what I'm writing about is all of these different things that are definable and undefinable. Like love is a mystery. There are points about a relationship where you just can't explain why you love them or why you want Man, them ain't that life. the damn truth? You just and, can't pick who you love. And, and that's, <laughs> you some, and that's the funny thing is there you sometimes you look at people as an outside observer and they are just blissfully happy or blissfully, I like to say fulfilled. They just have a bond that is unbreakable. And you look at them and from the outside perspective, you look at them and you think, wow, that is such an odd pair. But Jeff, let's bring it back, Jen. Think about what we're trying to talk about tonight is there are two people that don't see each other as the vehicle of their body. They're looking at each other, and that bond is a soulful level. I mean, why do you think we have soulmate as as a phrase, or as that's what everybody's looking for? Their soulmate. And that's what I was. Go ahead. So, it's it, it's something that people don't understand. They just think that there's one person out there, and that's my soul person, which I don't agree with. I think there are many people out there that you can build a bond with, you can build a relationship with, but at the end of the day. It takes two people to have a certain mentality or a certain outlook on relationships and what they're actually uh, benefiting from that relationship and what they're giving as well. And so uh, it's just there's more to talk about than than a short uh, 15. Uh, Jen, dating in 2020. Uh, Is it safe to say you're still a single gal? Is that right? Yes, please. Please, so, uh, let's not talk about actual dating, especially in Wilmington, North Carolina. Can I, <laughs> please, 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 can I just jump in on the end of what Chase did? Sa- you said? can, please, please, but please, you got to have a really great dating story to add to it. But please, oh by all, God, by all means. Ton. Oh, great. I, I will even share one. If you share They're one, I'll share nightmares. one. Yeah, okay, I'll share a nightmare <laughs> if you share one. But what do you want to say in, re- in okay, regards to what Chase? This is what I want to say, because we're talking about love. And it, in tying back to what we were saying about our, we are souls, right? Uh, if you take away the aspect of simply a relationship, lo- love in a relationship, if I, I'm telling you, I've experienced this, and maybe you have the the same experience. If you look, being in a positive place in your life or making a decision that supports your higher self, that you know that you're going down a path that's serving a purpose, a divine purpose, when you feel that kind of uh, drive or a connection with another human, like, I don't know about you, but it literally resonates in my, like in my heart area. Like I can actually, when someone says, send love, send vibes, send something, you literally feel it in your heart area. And, and it, that's what I'm saying. Like it's a connection to something more. That, that it is a soul, that it is energy, that it's a, it's a connection with a source of some sort, that you are, it goes beyond the physical realm. Mm-hmm. So sorry I brought it in like the metaphysical <laughs> direction. No, I, mean, I wanted to take it away from the romantic side of things just to point that out, that if there's anything that helps us understand that we are souls, it's love. It's complicated being a human being. I don't give a damn who you are. It's complicated. All right, Jen, uh, give me a really terrible, horrific nightmare dating story, and then I'll give you one, and then we'll close out. I'm not going to give like one single thing, but the repetitive thing that I'm finding, at least in Wilmington, North Carolina, okay, you have to, for those of you who are not in Wilmington, North Carolina, understand this is a beach town. It's a total laid back, crazy, you know, like just a place where people are chill all the time, and I'm okay, I'm open-minded about pretty much everything anything that anyone wants to do drug wise alcohol wise I, I really don't care because i'm i like drinking myself it's really fun and i've met a whole lot of great people i have i'm not gonna you know put that down or anything because i have there's a lot of creative weird fun you know people in this town 
but over and over and over and over and over, I'm finding guys who have addiction issues. Like the problem is the addiction side of mm -hmm. things. When it gets like it's no longer fun or recreational, it's addiction where that becomes the priority and the relationship is no longer the priority. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that is those are the those are the repetitive scenarios I have come up against in the town of Wilmington. Yeah, that's that's definitely very it's very disappointing and it's very frustrating because particularly if, as you're getting older, it's like, man, it's I saw a meme that said something like, you know, dating in your <clears throat> your forties or thirties or whatever, it's like trying to find, you know, something in a yard sale that doesn't smell or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, man, just anything. I uh a few years ago, well, it was probably, I don't know, four or five years ago, this goes back, but I uh, was doing online dating. And on online dating, if you haven't done it, it's the absolute fucking worst thing. I think I've seen things I didn't know existed. I've seen things I didn't know existed in nature on there, man. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure some of these women are using their, their mugshot as their profile picture. I'm pretty sure, I'm just saying. And then some of the women aren't, I'm not entirely sure, are women, which that's kind of, okay, well, all right, something to contend with. Anyway, so about four or five years ago, I met this girl online. She was a dog groomer. And uh, so we go out. We, we just have a nice dinner. We go at this Mexican restaurant. She seems fairly normal. We have a very good time. Good night kiss. And she's like, you want to come over tomorrow? What are you doing? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll come over tomorrow. Next day rolls around. I go over to her house for dinner. So she makes dinner. I noticed a couple weird things in her apartment. Okay. Number one, there's the 20, there's probably like 25 boxes of that boxed wine just stacked empty. And I'm like, Ooh. yeah. I was like, man, you, you really like this wine? She's like, yeah. I said, how much, how much do you drink? She goes, I used to go through. I think she said a box every every day or a box every two days. No <laughs> shit. And there were all these empty boxes. So I was like, okay, red flag. So she starts giving me a tour of the apartment, which is not much. It's just a little apartment. We go into the bedroom, and I'm, everything seems, okay, minus the stack of fucking boxed wine, everything seems pretty you know, together and orderly. Until I get into the bedroom and I look across – the bed and on the wall is hanging this like 24 by 36 fucking poster of her nude <laughs> framed. Oh my God. <laughs> what? Herself? Yeah, herself. And I'm like, oh my God. I was like, hey, that, talk about I said, that's a, right. <laughs> that's a pretty interesting poster. I was like, what is that from? She goes, well, I did a, I did a calendar thing for for an old boyfriend so i'm like oh great man so you know there's nude pictures of this chick That's floating awesome. around Minor. yeah and then you got this picture hanging on the wall very you know tactfully so i'm like okay so i'm talking some more to this lady and this is clearly i'm not feeling at this point and she uh she was asking me about uh we were talking about alcohol and drugs and, and whatnot because you know the box wine thing was kind of a conversation starter in and of itself so she's like, do you, you do you drink? I'm like, I don't really drink much. I said, I smoke pot here and there, you know, no big deal. And uh, she flipped out about this. She goes, well, she goes, I like cocaine. She goes, pot's, pot's terrible. That's just horrible. Coke's where it's at. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, cocaine wow. will steal your soul. <laughs> like, really? Good Lord. Like, you would pass up on a joint or a beer for Coke? Okay. I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, I don't think I can afford this lady. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Coke's an expensive habit, I've heard, but I'm pretty sure this lady's an expensive habit in and of herself. So. Exhausting. Yeah, to make a really long story a little bit shorter, that was the last time I, I saw that lady. We talked a little bit like here and there, and it was just clear that I was just a little too different for her taste and well, you know, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't find a, a, a recycling bin big enough to fill her extensive boxed wine collection. <laughs> so, yeah. 
it's a nightmare, man. It really is. I feel bad for the single people out there. I don't ever look forward to being a single person again. It's terrible. Not fun. Oh, I want to see. Um, I don't mean to put you on this spot, Chase. You got any crazy dating stories? I can't follow that one up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, there's no way I can follow that up. Fortunately, mine have been, uh, I'd say, pretty normal. Uh, you know, narcissist here and there, you know, girls cheating on you, that kind of thing. But, uh, at the end of the day, I look at it as, as we all have these expectations of, of the people we're trying to date and we're not happy with ourselves. And so we're expecting that person to make you laugh all the time or you know, buy you presents and all that stuff. And it's eventually when you forget to take out the trash twice, they uh, say, well, you're not good enough for me or you're not the one, so I'm going to go to the next one. But they don't tell you that until it's uh, a month or two down the road. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, you know, I don't want to be with you anymore. So bye. But these people act like it's like these people ahead, act Jeff. like it's like a checkbox, like they're reading a resume or something. You got to meet this criteria and you got to make X it, amount of dollars and be X amount of feet tall and all this horse shit. And it's like, listen, you know what? Just find yourself somebody that you can be you with and that they can be them right. and you enjoy each other's company and there's no bullshit. There's no drama. You know, just that's what you need. Really, you know, find somebody that matches your level of weird. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Completely true. I OK, this was a funny story. When I had a breakup, the guy, the last thing he said is, I knew I wasn't weird enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I take that as a great compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So, Jen, is is it your goal in life to make people awkward and uncomfortable? <laughs> it's a lot of and fun. And if so, on a future on a future episode, I would like to hear whether it's Jen or was it Deborah or Barbara. I would like to hear the stories of you and just awkward interactions with people around town. <laughs> <laughs> We're, you want me I'm to do it in the Barbara voice, or what do you want? I can do it in the Jen voice or the Barbara voice. What do you want? Barbara from now on. Oh, that's, I'm, that's my vote. Oh, speaking of, <laughs> how how do you think Barbara and Ned are doing? How they're how do you think their date went? Oh my God, he's gotten her on pot. It's gonna be great. <laughs> so oh man. Oh my goodness. Well. It's, remember, don't do the white stuff. That stuff will steal your. If you want to have, you know, if you want to make people uncomfortable and feel awkward, my advice, Jen, just have a picture of yourself naked and a big poster <laughs> in your bedroom wall. That will do the fucking Let's trick. Do That'll do it. <laughs> Speaking of, that's such good advice, Jeff. Well, that's what I'm here for. You know what, ladies. Put that kind of shit in the closet, okay? Don't have that out on a first or second date. That's maybe some fifth or sixth date shit you bring up, okay? Just say it. Speaking of, it's time we say goodbye, campers. Handle. I want to. I want to say I appreciate you guys for being up here. I think this has been one of our most deep and thoughtful and mindful episodes of the season. Hopefully, you got something good out of this, and hopefully, we made you giggle a little bit and made you think. Just remember, don't be sheep. Be your own person. You're already complete. You're already whole. You're boundless. You're beautiful. You're everything. Don't worry about the damn carrot or the Joneses or the Kardashians. Put your damn glasses on. See things for what they really are because they still live. I think a lot of people just need to have a psychedelic experience. You know what I mean? Yeah.